In the last 10 years, our field has gone from an unknown specialty to a household name. This brings unprecedented opportunities, but we need to rise up to meet them and give our patients the care that they deserve. In order to help others get better, we need to be better. This podcast will help you to become more confident with your patients, more successful in your practice or business, and a leader in pelvic health. And we're going to have some fun along the way. Join us as we rise together. We're Jesse and Nicole Cozine, founders of Pelvic Sanity Physical Therapy and the creators of the Pelvic PT Huddle. And this is Pelvic PT Rising. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Pelvic PT Rising podcast with Jesse and Nicole Cozine. Hey Nicole. Hello. All right, we are going to be talking to you about keeping your patients engaged during the holidays and the new year time. But first, just a little bit of housekeeping, some logistics. We are going to be doing one episode a week for these last two weeks of the year as we are getting ready for baby cuisine. Yeah, so hope you're excited about that. And we will be hitting the podcast again in January. Yes. So we are, what, 38 and a half weeks now. It's necessitating some postural changes in our recording setup, Nicole is now like completely astride our chair, like she's on a horse recording this thing. <laughs> Straddling. Because I can't like sit in my chair normal and like lean forward towards the microphone. So I have to like straddle in this weird position and it's quite uncomfortable. I am hitting the point finally where I'm like, you know what? This is pretty uncomfortable at most times. And I'm sure if you all have been pregnant, you know exactly what I mean. And if you haven't, I cannot, I have so much better, more respect for our patients now that are just trucking along or that have other kids or you guys that have worked all the way up until you deliver and stuff like that. Like this is difficult. So for all of you who have not been pregnant or won't ever be, which is fine. Yeah, there's, it's just important to realize that. Well, if this is a good episode. You're going to have to sit like that all the time going forward. So let's see how this ends up going. But Nicole, we're talking about keeping our patients engaged over this holiday season, this New Year's time. Like, what is it about this time that makes it difficult to keep trucking with like a good plan of care and keep people involved? You know, I think there's there's two different things that we have to think about. We have to think about our own shit that we're going through, and we have to think about what our patients are going through during this time. So from a patient care standpoint, during the holidays, as we all kind of know, tensions and stress rise. You can even sort of just, quote, feel it in the air, right? When you're driving around, people do stupid shit. Like you can just tell people are like a little bit more distracted, a little bit more on their plate right now. So that goes for both us and patients. But with patients, we tend to see a lot of increase in symptoms around this time. And it doesn't have to happen to just people that are have pelvic pain. It happens to everybody, usually. You know, as we know, our nervous system is really integrated and intertwined with pelvic floor function. And our autonomic nervous system needs to be regulated well in order for our pelvic floor to function well. And so a lot of times we see, and it's not a coincidence, that our patient's symptoms get worse during the holidays. Well, and that's also involved in your guys' own stuff, right? Because we have our own stressors and even good stuff, right? It's still a little bit of extra stuff on your plate. It's still family time. It's still different obligations. 
It's still buying presents. It's still all of the things that come with this holiday season. And we add that into what's going on with patients. We add that into our own lives. And then we add that into just kind of the logistics of things, right? We're usually out or closed for some time off on vacation. Our patients are often out on vacation for about time. Those don't always overlap. You've got people getting new insurances. You've got deductibles resetting. There's a lot of kind of perturbations at this point in time. People thinking about New Year's goals and resolutions and just reevaluating all of their shit. Well, that's happening like in this context of you trying to keep everything on the train and moving toward the right track for, for your patients. Yeah. And I feel like even for people that don't super get into the holidays or don't celebrate anything during this time, it still is a big time where you're reflecting on where you've been and then trying to see about where you're going. And that in and of itself can also bring up a lot of emotions for patients Um, really in ourselves of like, where did you think you were going to be at the end of this year? Shoot, what am I going to do now? Like, how is that going to affect my goals that I have for this next year? And so this podcast is really going to be how we can navigate this with our patients. Well, not a surprise here, but Nicole's first piece of advice is to handle your own shit. Right. That's it kind of always comes to that first, but just make sure that you're not putting on extra stress or your own issues on top of this time of year. Yeah. You know, I think I usually do say that. And I think it's important. I think it's important to realize if we ourselves are in this sort of state ourselves and that that can bleed over into our patient care with what we're doing. And that's not always a good thing, especially when it is good if you have, if you're like super jolly all the time, right? But right now, I mean, you we're, we're all dealing with stuff too. We have more kids stuff, kids are off. We're fiddling around with what are we going to do with family? We're anticipating family stuff, which isn't always fun. And so that in and of itself can create a place where we're not 100% dialed in on our patients. And the first thing to do, like I always say, is recognize that and recognize that it might take a little bit more thought or deliberate action on our parts to make sure that we're there for our patients during a time when they're going to be even more stressed during this holiday season. And these are things that you've talked about before, Nicole, but things like your reset rituals or just being good with our boundaries where we can be at this time, right? If we know We're going to be doing a lot of family stuff or going out a little bit more or not eating or drinking as well as we usually would. Then how do we just manage that as well as we can during that period of time to make sure that you're able to come in and give to your people what you should be giving to your people? Yeah. And I mean, and this doesn't have to be the thing is, right? I'm going to give you a little bit of a taste of what I give to my patients. It doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be better than what you were going to do. So for instance, if you were going to do nothing and this is the first time you're like, oh shit, I am actually a lot more upregulated myself or I'm distracted or I, you know, just some sort of over it towards the end of the year, then it doesn't have to be this like massive shift and change. It can be as simple as getting to the office just five minutes earlier than you normally would and settling and doing a little calm or insight timer or some sort of like little meditation. It can be being really deliberate about your reset ritual because patients are going to be more heightened at this time. Therefore, it might be more important for you to 
reset in between each patient. I use my washing my hands for that, but whatever the reset ritual is for you, then that might be a little bit of a time to put more emphasis on that than you would normally, because it's more important right now. If you are also feeling like, oh shit, at the end of the day today, you're not even thinking about patient at 11 and 12 and one, you're thinking about the four o'clock patient because you have to get out right on time this time because you have to see some school play or something like that. Those are the types of things that can distract you from giving excellent patient care during this time. Okay. So one is focus on and handle our own business. The next is just kind of the logistics piece. And this is just planning ahead with patients. And for those of you guys who have your own practice, for those who are working in some other practice, but we need to be thinking about what the logistics of these holiday times actually mean. So usually you're thinking about your own time off. Hey, I'm off around, you know, between Christmas and New Year's. It's going to be great. But your patient might then be off for the week before or the week after. Now, all of a sudden, maybe they come back and they're a little overwhelmed. So they cancel an appointment or they come back sick. And now it's been three to four weeks, almost a month since you've been able to work with somebody. Yeah. You know, one of the, the things that I started doing earlier, and this podcast is coming out what when we have a couple more weeks of the year, but I usually start this actually at the beginning of December where I'm starting to plan essentially the next six weeks with patients, right? So all of December and then half of January, because I want to get people through this entire time. And it's not too late to start planning now, right? You know, when you're going to be off, what you need to do is ask what plans do they have coming up? Not in the way of like, oh, what are you doing for the holidays? Small talk, but like literally, what are you doing for the holidays when do you have family coming in? When are they coming in? Do you, are you going to need three days before to plan? So we might not want to schedule an appointment. If your family's coming on the 22nd, we might want, might not want to schedule an appointment on the 19th, right? That's a likely appointment to get canceled. Or we need to have a conversation about like, I expect to see you on the 19th. Cause if we don't see you on the 19th, then patients need to know that you're not going to be there the next week. And then if something unexpected happens, we can't at this point in your patient pelvic health journey, we can't afford to have that much time off. So what are we going to do about that? Right? So we want to start to spread out our planning with patients. And so we really want to make sure that we're not only taking into account our schedules, but theirs as well. So that looks like troubleshooting. I love what Nicole said, right? Is if you're going to plan to schedule something the week before Christmas, then have that conversation that this is actually really important that you keep it because this will be the last one that we have together for two weeks. And right now, this is not the time to take three weeks off of what we're doing. Or if we have this stuff going on and we know there's going to be a three-week gap, could we get them in twice the week before or for a two-hour visit the week before to make sure that they have stuff that's going to tide them over during this time. How are we creative? How are we troubleshooting? How are we making this this time as, as efficient as it possibly can be, knowing that there's a lot of different schedules at play here? And I will say this too, it's really important to make sure that they know what you are going to be going over. So if we find out, I mean, when we talk about this, right, if you're taking off two weeks and they're taking off one, and all of a sudden now we have this three-week gap that we find out, maybe this week that we're going to have, then it needs to be like, dang, can we squeeze in another appointment this week? Can then we might have to abandon what we were going to do today and maybe basically make sure that we have something for you to do for the next three weeks. 
What are we doing for flare busting plan? What are we doing for making sure that you progress your exercises so that when I see you again in three weeks, it's not going to be like starting over. And a lot of patients sometimes will get anxious about this as well. If you don't set those parameters and have a plan for them. And they might not think that they will, but come a week and a half when they normally see you once a week. And now all of a sudden it's like three times that where we're going to be off at a point potentially in their plan of care that's not advantageous for their symptoms, then then we need to, we're responsible for that. We're responsible for helping them through that time. That's not on them. So plan ahead, troubleshoot, make sure that this is as smooth as it can possibly be. Next thing you're talking about, Nicole, is just asking about their stressors, asking honestly about this time of year. I love how you phrased it before, right? Not in the jovial, oh, what are you doing for Christmas? And the family's coming. But like, no, like, what are you doing for Christmas? Yeah, but what are you doing for Christmas? And like, who's coming over? And do you like them? And do you have a history with them? And like, do can we anticipate any issues? And what does your significant other think about this whole situation? What are you doing this year that's different than you normally do than last year? And are you responsible for all the cooking? Do you have help? All of the things like, what's their personality like? Is their personality like they're not... They don't want to ask for help. They want to be the ones that are doing all of the things, but that not might not be great for their pelvic floors. So can we help them troubleshoot? Like, all right, well, if you're going to be making baked potatoes for 20 people or something like that, can we maybe do something where maybe we choose a different potato dish that we can make ahead or spread out your thing? Or like literally, it's I get that granular with people because it's not just oh, what do you guys typically make for the holidays? Oh, cool. You make like three different types of cookies. It's like, can that person, does that person have the physical ability to stand at the kitchen and make three types of cookies? And why are we picking three? Can we not delegate that to somebody else? Like we really need, I really encourage you guys to get that granular with your patients because it is directly related to their pelvic floor symptoms most of the time. And honestly, even if it isn't, I mean, at this point, it's like you're just helping them be a better person and, and manage their life a little bit better. I always talk about like somebody that comes into pelvic sanity, I want them to leave a better person with a better pelvic floor. And so especially even if they're at the tail end of their of their plan of care and they're actually they are actually doing quite well, like where else can we help them in their life to help regulate their nervous system a little bit better? So all of those things, I really want to encourage you all to like get into it with your people. Again, not just in the small talk kind of way, but in the actually having essentially an ulterior motive for asking your question. Of course, we care about what they're actually doing. But I care about it for two reasons. Number one, because they're human and I do care about them as human beings, but also because I care about it to know what I'm up against from the pelvic floor standpoint and from the stressor standpoint, especially if I know that those stressors impact their pelvic floor symptoms. And I've heard you talk about this enough, Nicole, to have heard some of these stories where a lot of times you're encouraging patients to say no, to set boundaries, to do things during this time that are going to be helpful. And and it's almost like they you're giving them in some ways permission, not that they need it, but that encouragement, that validation that they can say, actually, no, I don't need to make three different types of Christmas cookies this year. Everybody's going to be just fine with it. Right. Or helping them yet talk to their significant other or something about 
helping or stepping up in a different way. So, you know, an example of this that comes to mind is somebody that, you know, I asked about, oh, do you normally decorate for this person celebrates Christmas? So I'm like, do you guys normally decorate for Christmas? How, how much do you decorate and stuff? And she was like, well, I always, you know, we put lights up around the house. And I'm like, do you do your backyard too? No, we don't do that. Right. So I'm asking like specific questions and I'm like, well, who usually puts up all of the lights? And it's like, oh, well, my husband usually gets the stuff down, but then I do all of the things. And I'm like, okay, well, how does that make your pelvic floor feel? What does that mean? Are you up on a ladder? Right. So we start to like actually troubleshoot. Meanwhile, I realize I ask how big her house is, right? So is this a big house? Are you in an apartment? Like what's happening? Right. So come to find out she lives in a relatively large house. She's out there for the better part of Friday through Sunday doing all of this outside stuff, which she hasn't been doing now for a year. She's not quite ready to get up and down off of a ladder, pick stuff up, do stuff overhead. Like we're not there yet in our pelvic health journey. And so, right, we start to point that stuff out and then not just say, okay, don't do it because that's not going to fly, but how can we get your significant other or your kids to help you in that way. Can we pay a high school kid to come over where this person happened to have kids that were in high school, right? Can we get some of these kids to come over and go up and down on the ladder, right? So we ended up troubleshooting a really big thing that she could still do and be a part of, but that she wasn't the one doing all the things. And she had a really hard time with that at the beginning. She had a lot of excuses for me like, well, you know, well, I can't do that because enter laundry list of excuses. And I was like, why not? (laughs) Tell me why you can't do it. And it literally came down to, I've never done it that way and I don't want to. And I was like, okay, well then we just have a couple of choices now. We just have the choice that if you choose to do it this way, I'm telling you that it probably will cause a big, huge problem with your symptoms. And so you either need to like have appointments scheduled or we're going to have an issue and I don't want that to be your Christmas, right? And so when people understand those choices with your professional opinion, then she was more likely then to be like compromise and be like, well, okay, I can ask my husband to do it this way and I'll ask my son's friends to come over on this day and it ended up working out great, you know? And so she got her house decorated. She had a minimal flair. We had a plan for it. And we've also had to have a plan for when we're not going to be able to see each other and moving forward into the holidays. So, or through the holidays into January. So that's like an example of really getting granular with people and helping them actually troubleshoot their potential issue. And the last thing on your list here, Nicole, to talk about is that people are reassessing their life at this time of year. They are creating New Year's goals. A lot of people are. They are kind of taking stock of this year and moving forward. And you kind of want to be a part of that conversation. Totally. So we all do this, right? I mean, we're doing it. I think it's a good practice to sort of reflect on where you've been and and look at where you want to go in the new year. Our patients are doing it too. And what I want to sort of weasel in on is using stuff that they are already thinking about doing and changing and then piggybacking on what I want them to do for their pelvic floor and pelvic health journey into that. So a lot of people make changes about this is an example, but a lot of people make changes about how they want to, you know, start eating better, right? 
especially if you've had struggles with getting someone to change some behavior around either eating more nutritiously or stopping with bladder irritants or something like that. If they've come up with that goal now, can we piggyback on some of those things that we've been wanting them to change into their new plan that they came up with, right? It's much different when they've come up with something than if we come up with it for them. And so this is a really critical time to be asking people, like, what are they doing? Do they like New Year's goals? Do they like to call them goals? Do they like to call them resolutions? Like, where do you feel like you've been? Where are you going? Like, actually asking them, number one, because we care. And then also because we want to see if we can use it, quite frankly, to build upon something that that we know is going to benefit their public health, like killing two birds with one stone. And this is, I think, also goes into what you're always talking about, Nicole, is, is trying to help people achieve goals that they may not have even realized they were capable of. And so this might be that for a patient who is now doing pretty dang well at this time of year, and you're going well, and it's like, cool, in 2023, are we, what's the big goal? What's the stretch goal? What's that? If everything went perfect, the thing that you thought that you would never have a chance to do it again. Right, you came into our office to resolve this symptom because you couldn't do this, but you had never even thought about running a marathon or doing a triathlon or being able to sit for long enough to go on a road trip with your kids or whatever that is. Can we start to utilize those stretch goals in that kind of New Year's time and planning as well? Yeah, totally. I mean, I've had people plan more vacations they never thought that they could take with some sort of pelvic pain condition in these like months of January and December, like, then I can even count, right? It's fun, right? Because they're doing great. Maybe they've been seeing them for a few months. They're doing awesome. And you still have a couple more months until they would be planning their vacation in May, for instance, and be like, great, where do you want to go? I haven't been able to travel overseas in a long time. I had a patient whose sister lived in England and she hadn't seen her for like literally years because she couldn't, she was scared to go on this transatlantic flight. And we planned her being able to do that in like the spring of the next year around the end of the previous year. And it was super cool because she was doing really great. And we were like, I could have at that point, quote unquote, discharged her. But I was like, do you want to work on being able to do that and building up your stamina to be able to carry your luggage and lift it up overhead. You don't have to ask anybody for it and stand in line if you have to at the TSA and sit for 12 hours without freaking out and being able to like be, if you happen to get a middle seat, also not freaking out, they have to get up and pee every two seconds. Like those things are goals that she never realized that she could even have that I could even help her with until we sat down around the end of the year and talked about what do you want to do? So as always, it seems like it comes back down to more and better communication. And I think that's probably one of the enduring themes of this episode about keeping your patients engaged during this time is having these conversations that aren't superficial, that aren't just, oh, isn't it so exciting that it's almost Christmas, but asking those better questions and then using the answers that you get in order to, you know, integrate that into their pelvic health journey. Totally. And then I just want you guys to get really specific with what you ask people. 
So it's not, you know, what are you doing this weekend? Oh, I'm going to go watch the boat parade at Newport Beach. It's where do you live? How long does it take to get there? Where are you going to park? How long does it take to walk? Like all those things so that if they are choosing something that might cause a flare at a time when their appointment is going to, when we don't, we might not have an appointment, we can have one set of things. Or we can help them to say, hey, instead, can you have your husband drive, drop you off, he can go park, and then meet you at another location so we don't, and give them permission to to ask for help and to do those things and modify if they're not quite at the area where they can do that. So again, get more specific, ask better questions, take one more step follow-up, help them to see goals that they either didn't realize they could have or modify the things that they need to do based on where they're currently at. And that's our job to keep them engaged during this time. And then think about scheduling them through well through the holidays. This is not like, okay, cool. See you January 2nd. And then that's the last appointment on the books for them. This is a crazy time for a lot of people, including ourselves. And there's a lot of unexpected sicknesses that happen at this time as well. So we can't assume that what they have on the books is what they're going to actually get to. So we need to have a plan where we are seeing them well into January to make sure that they are taken care of during this time. Perfect. So I hope that gives you guys some additional things to be thinking about as you're working with patients over this holiday and new year time. And I hope it gives you guys some good ideas, good questions to ask and better communication to be having during that. So we will be off on this Thursday, but we will be back on with an episode on next Monday, the 26th, and back to our regularly scheduled programming once we get into January. So as always, guys, please reach out. Let us know if you have questions. If this was helpful, feel free to drop a review, hopefully with five stars in the reviews. That always helps other people find this podcast. As always, so grateful for those of you guys who are listening, and please reach out. We always want to keep this conversation going. And let's continue to rise.